seven o'clock. Do you know where your freedom is? since it's just been me and you. I imagine if you're listening to this at the moment, you know who I am. But it's me, Darren. It is just a couple days before election day. It is a schoolhouse scotch on the rocks or uh, stoned house rocks. However I got here, I am here. And with podcasts and stuff like that, you try not to date the episode so much because sometimes people are checking it out years from now, which if that's the case for this, that's good news. Uh, Hello, how are things? But with more leaning towards the political type shows like this one, it's inevitable and on purpose. So... Here we are. It's Halloween. Fuck it. Happy Halloween, everybody. Either way, this is our let your hair down, get back to work tomorrow. So it is just a couple days before election 2020. And I wasn't sure. I I, I know in the last episode I said this might be the last episode I do before the election. But I figured, fuck it. Here we are. Uh, last election, uh, I think, well, the first episode of this show came out the day before the inauguration. So almost four years ago, as I said, I was relatively confident that there was no way that this could happen. And then it happened. So uh, a lot of times I'm sure people are looking at the 538 uh, the the electoral co- the electoral college shit, and I've <laughs> if this is your first time uh, listening to an episode, I don't know if this is what you want to do first. But welcome. There is no movie today. It's just uh, the present, and as you might have seen from the title, a little bit of a timeline on the the two thousand election, Bush versus Gore, and stuff. With that information, I, I think you might see some some parallels to things that people have been talking about and things that people might expect, uh, you know, especially this is 2020. If dear future listener, you, this is right smack somewhere within the COVID-19 pandemic. That's another thing to think about with elections. It's been 100 years in America since there's been an election around this time uh, or the, since there's been an election with these sort of similar s- circumstance. But anyway, polls change all the fucking time. The polls were really wrong last time anyway. So, you know, mo- I, I feel like most people, if you're here with me right now, you're doing that basic work and you probably know a lot of this shit. But again, 
here we are, and I've been uh, working on stress control, and we get these little loose Darren by himself showing why it's usually better when I have somebody to talk with episodes. Anyway, for posterity, or for whatever's sake, this will be the last episode before at least election day. Uh, with these sort of numbers and with voting being the way it is, it might not... <laughs> oh, man. The, the election might not be announced, decided on uh, Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. As we will see soon, uh, sometimes you don't find out for quite a few more days afterwards. And also, you might see why calling an election too early can have some consequences. So, here's the last of my drink. Here's to you. See you on the other side. All right. It's there there will probably be an episode if anybody has interest. I know a lot of these uh little me by myself episodes seem to be liked more by some of our friends who reside in other countries who are getting a little bit of a fill in on the weirdness that is American politics. Just throw some stuff out here for anybody that wants what's going on right now, what's going on a couple days. You know, most of this information before I go into the other part is from around October 30th, October 31st. Where we are right now, I, I talked about early voting. Early voting has increased with, it seems like, each election. In 2016, the last presidential election, the number of early voters was five times the number of what happened in 1992, the, the first Bill Clinton election, when George Bush Sr. became a one-termer. Uh, let's have another one-termer president, right, everybody? Speaking of people who I hope are one-term presidents, resident Trump voted on Saturday in Florida, where he lives and spends a lot of tax money on Secret Service protection. And yeah, well, fuck it. Fuck him. Anyway, this is about elections. As of yesterday of recording, uh, that's October 30th. Today is October 31st. 85 million people have voted early. Either at a in in the mail or at an election uh, place. It, usually, it's the board of county board of elections. I don't know if it's ever really well. Uh, they have other things like uh, in Texas right now. Yeah, you know, because there is a pandemic and everything. People are trying to come up with solutions for safe voting, and there was drive-in or drive-through voting in Texas, and there is a lawsuit right now in the Texas Supreme Court that, you know, a couple wacky candidates and a QAnon guy are suing to get at least 100,000 votes thrown out because they, you know, I mean, I'll bitch no matter what if it doesn't work out in my way, but I'm basically in the uh, mindset that, you know, the more people who vote, the more I'll feel like everybody's represented. And the more fair it is, the most people who have voted early uh, goes to California with 9.1 million people as of yesterday. Then there's Texas 
everybody in Texas, hello. You are number two right now with nine million people, and you uh, have already gone past the entire number of people who voted in 2016 in Texas. So that's cool. Uh, uh, People from other countries, some of our percentages, I mean, our numbers might be bigger than some other countries, but our percentages for voter turnout is fucking garbage compared to, you know, the crazy socialist scary countries. Um... (laughs) Another thing that I wanted to add for as per early voting, it is mostly Democrats, liberal slash left leaning people. The conservatives and the regressives tend to vote more on, you know, on Election Day. I put on my hat and jerk off on the flag and there we go. As of last week, uh, the 18 to 29 demographic, over 5 million of those people have voted. And a three million ish of those were spread out among fourteen of the battleground states. Uh, going back to the electoral college, it's uh relatively complicated, and just go back to you know appeasing slave states and other things like that, and it'll make a little bit more sense. But it's a lot more weird than one vote counts for one vote and the popular vote, and everything like that. In 2000, 46% of the 18 to 29-year-old voters came out, and 71% of people older than 65 voted. Uh, right now, it's guessing that about 63% instead of 46% of the 18 to 29 will have voted. I mean... Each state's weird, and there's lawsuits all over the place. People are getting perched from rolls. You know, there's the California Republican Party having unofficial, called official ballot box receptacles put in place. It's weird, wild, and wooly, everybody. I mean, if we're just going by the past and then putting it through the Instagram filter of today's reality where you just kind of add a bunch of ridiculousness. I mean, it's always been ridiculous, but I mean, mean, it's, it's 2020. What do you want? Uh, so I voted. I hope you voted here in the States, no matter who wins this election, there's still a lot of fucking work to do. So, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll deal with it in different ways, but After election results, cry or celebrate for a couple days, and then let's keep going, because, yeah, a Band-Aid's not a stitch. Still a lot of shit to do. Uh, Here is where we part ways, if you are not into my weird jumble of bullet points and ramblings about the 2000 election. I did a sort of escapist look into that. And that's where we'll be either right after now, or I'm going to play a song or a promo for like the Legion fundraiser. Cause a lot of people are out of work, even though there've been a lot of people getting jobs. That's, you know, climbing out of a hole. There will still be this show. No matter what happens, it might be really fucking dark. 
if the worst happens, I'll still be there. Uh, I hope we'll find our way to, you know, do our battles and stuff. It'll suck a lot fucking more, but we will take a quick break and get right back into it. This is Bo from legionpodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time, and when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand-scale take-a-penny-leave-a-penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar. For those who are directly affected by recent events and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at Legion Podcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. The election 2000. I don't know how old you were, but it was sort of a crash course in electoral politics in a way. And I forgot a lot, and it's sort of blurry as as things can be 20 years later. But... So, it was Election 2000. Election 2000. America. It was Tuesday, November 7th. It was, uh, you know, W. Bush versus Gore dot 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 versus Nader. I'm trying to think of things that were really going on. As is today, uh, back then there was a relationship between political parties and the uh the cuban community in florida uh like i said i think earlier uh early voting is up in florida uh florida voters i don't think i said this then but florida voters passed a thing to restore voting rights that were stripped from felons who are now out of prison and then, you know, almost immediately, the Florida Republicans, who maintain most of the control in the, the state, reinstalled the poll tax, based pretty much, uh, where you could vote, but only if you paid the fines or, uh, I'm not exactly sure of all the details, but some sort of debt that you accrue from the crime you were convicted of, sometimes you're still paying it off after you're out of prison. And there, you know, there's payment plans and things like that. But if that's not paid off, they took, they held off the voting rights, from my understanding. 
Now, there's also a struggle against that down in Florida with other groups. And then, you know, LeBron James. Uh, he's in. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think it's called I Got Next or We Have Next. But it, they are helping pay off those fines, which sounds like student loan debt, kind of, you know, like where. I've been paying off my student loans for years, and I still owe more than what I borrowed. With the Cuban community in Florida in 2000, there was the Elian Gonzalez story. Uh, I, I don't know what you want to call it. I mean, it's sort of tragic, whereas family members died. He and some family members were going from Cuba towards America. And I believe his mother died, and but he got found near Florida and sent to live with a relative who uh, lived in Florida, but his father lived in Cuba, so there was the give him back, no, you know, his mother died to get him out of the country. Cuba is another thing that could be a whole other series of episodes, so I'm not going to really go into that. There's people saying things are worse than there were and there's people that are saying it wasn't as bad as people say but people feel very strongly about that so it became one of those political footballs where you know Janet Reno was and Bill Clinton uh, Bill Clinton was president at the time Al Gore like I said Al Gore versus W Bush versus the other people it became a fight of like should we you know Cuba versus America, ideologically. And that ended with American forces storming the house, taking the boy, and sending him back with his father. Which, going into election 2000, W. Bush was, I mean, he was the son of the guy that was president before Bill Clinton. And Al Gore had been the vice president. I didn't fucking like him because I really hated Tipper Gore, uh, his wife, and the PMRC, the Parent Parental Music Resource Center, or whatever the fuck it was called, that ultimately didn't do much by putting the parental advisory stickers on records. But that was that was my introduction. Yeah, you know, I understand he's very into environmental politics and stuff, and that's fucking great. But in two thousand. I voted for him, but it was, again, me doing the strategic voting. And I, at uh, Ohio, where I live and vote, was a lot more important back then. Supposedly. Electoral collegiately. So it was Gore or Bush... And, you know, I mean, Bush was uh, Bush's dad was Iran Contra and CIA and all that other fucked up shit. So, yeah. Anyway. Al Gore kind of did the Al Gore thing and was in the middle on everything where where it came to Alien Gonzalez. But Janet Reno went and took him and sent him away. And then there was a, a project at the Homestead Air Force Base. 
and it was around the Everglades. So there's the environmentalist vote, but Cuban American leaders like uh, Alex Pinelas, they they wanted the project, but uh, Gore didn't want to intervene until after because if he spoke up for some fucking thing that had to do with the Air Force, it it was a big fucking mess, and that's I mean that's government, but. Going into the election, Gore, oh, poor Gore. He was worried that they would win the Electoral College, but not the popular vote. Sort of like the last fucking election we had, where uh, uh, Trump won the Electoral College, slave states, blah, 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 blah. But he had millions fewer voters. Uh, So Gore was, you know, Gore being little, little Gore... He's like, well, I'm worried that I'll I'll win the election, but people won't have that much faith in me because I wasn't the most popular one. Uh, depending on what count you got, uh, he won the popular vote by about a half a million votes. If you look at the intricacies, it 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 gets a little bit more down to that. But anyway, exit polls—that's a thing that a lot of people talk about in. Uh, election coverage and everything like that. It really sort of got going in the 70s and 80s. And it was just sort of, you know, I'm, I'm fucking terrible at math, but it's, you know, uh, predicting elections by using marketing research data sort of shit. And so uh, NBC, other TV networks would use stuff like that. And... In 1980, it was pretty much standard by then, by 1980. There's NBC, ABC, CNN, CBS. Uh, they even formed a group called the, the, the Voter News Service. And they did exit polling. And it, yeah, relatively worked. But as things go, here we are. Election 2000. Okay, so with, with the election calling, you know, everybody wants to have the the bigger scoop, the bigger take, the whatever, but people will just go with it because the repercussions are relatively small for the most part. So uh, with when they formed that consortium, uh, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, uh, what's that called? The Voter News, Voter News Service. They, you know, that that established, you know, the one thing, and they would all just give all the data to the channels, and they could do with it what they wish. Uh, so the the main directive coming down from that was, you know, don't call anything when it's around one half of a percentage point, because there's always a shift between reality and math. And that, I mean, that seems pretty fucking obvious, one half of a percentage point, but when you don't have to worry about it, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, So uh, going to the election a couple days before the election, which there weren't a whole lot of voter early voters, but there were still early voters because like we did the comparison from the 1992 to now, it's gone up five, five times. But uh, the last week before the election or so, there was that story about 
<laughs> it seems so quaint now, but there were stories that back in the day, W. Bush got caught drunk driving and maybe he had done some cocaine. Then people started talking about, you know, with early voting versus day of election voting, how much difference does the last week or so before the election actually do? Uh, so I just wanted to add that in. Anyway, 10 minutes before the Florida panhandle closed, because uh, Florida has two different time zones, which I didn't know before this little dive. But anyway, 10 minutes before that closed, before the polls even closed, NBC called Florida for Al Gore. And that's the beginning of the back and forth sort of shit. Everybody's like, Gore, 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 Gore. 7.52 p.m. Uh, the Secretary uh, Secretary of State had the uh, their website. They were putting up raw vote totals and... It seemed like Bush was actually ahead a few points when that was called for Gore, which started people in the you know political boiler rooms and shit going into f- full weirdness. But uh, then uh, CBS said, no, NBC has it wrong. We're not calling it for anybody, but we're taking that back. And then the whole consortium thing the voter news service said hey at 10 o'clock 10 p.m eastern they said okay just call it too close to call so it became uh too close to call at 10 10 p.m then the bush team got a little annoyed and they said okay well if we're not winning florida how the fuck do we win so it was just a long haul. Everybody's counting. I mean, you'll see later how close shit could be. But at 2.16 a.m., Fox calls Florida for W. Bush, but it was within that one half of 1% that they said, don't call it. Um, the person who worked for Fox, who said to call it, uh, his name was John Ellis, and he is George W. Bush's cousin. So there we go. Well, with Florida being called for Bush, Gore said, well, I have to call and concede. But then uh, some people looking at the Florida vote count said that Bush was only ahead by about 4,500, 4,600 votes, which was within the margin that would require an automatic recount. It was 2000. I I mean, I think I might have had a cell phone, but not a lot of people had cell phones. I if I had one, it was just for being on tour and imagining being broken down in the middle of nowhere. But uh, so Bush was or Gore was in a car and all his people were like, no, 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 no. You got to take it back. You got to say, take it back. Uh, so they finally got a hold of him. Uh, 2.30, he had conceded. At 3.30, he called and called again and said, no, I take it back. And this is going to set off over a month of what the fuck just happened. The exit polls called the Gore call. The Bush was data... Was, uh, the Bush call, they say... 
uh, we'll take it back that he was the cousin, but it was a data entry error that inflated Bush's lead by 22,000 votes, which is a lot when you think about this. As you might have heard about the 2000 election, there's the whole hanging chads thing. In Palm Beach County, uh, there were uh, apparently a lot of people who accidentally voted or with poor direction voted for Pat Buchanan, uh, which the population of Palm Beach at that time were largely uh, Jewish and black. And if you know anything about Pat Buchanan, look him up. He does not tend to speak kindly over many people. And there are uh, good reasons to think that he did not tend to have support from different community blocks. And one of the things that I heard when I was listening back to old instructions was, voters need to remember, this is a quote, voters need to remember they need to punch the hole next to the arrow, next to the number, next to the name of the candidate that they want to vote for. Uh, so a few weeks in to nobody knowing what the fuck is going on, there is a college American football is, I mean, American football in general is really big in the States, but college American football, there was a Florida versus Florida State game. Uh, the recount was going on in Florida in the private box of the Florida State president were uh, two justices from the Florida Supreme Court, uh, the head Bush team lawyer, Governor Jeb Bush, George Bush's brother, and the Secretary of State who oversees the elections, Catherine Harris. That's just, I'll just point that out. That, that'll be easy to point out that fact as we go through other things. Uh, the, the main Media and everything focus was overseas absentee absentee ballots. You know, America is a very militaristic country. There are soldiers in many places. Uh, There are many other reasons why people from overseas might vote from overseas. But overseas absentee ballots kind of became a thing in the election because it, it was an easier talking point, you know, they started calling them uh, military ballots instead of absentee ballots. And I, I still think absentee ballots is a thing, but it's an easier sort of picture to grasp onto. But, uh, you know, there was uh, the in 2000, the largest uh, populations of people who voted absentee were, you know, diplomats, uh, American Jews living in Israel, the basic expats. And then after those were the armed service people. So uh, Florida usually got uh, 1,500 to 3,000 during the presidential elections, and it still kind of came down to being this close. They had a, Each state has their own timeline for absentee ballots. Uh, you're seeing a lot of that going on right now with uh, states challenging things like that. But in Florida then, you had up to 10 days after the election to have your absentee ballot count and show up if it's postmarked prior to the election day. This is being talked about for right now. Brett Kavanaugh, one of the current candidates, appointees to the Supreme Court, is saying that, you know, maybe it doesn't, you, you don't have to wait that long. 
and he's had to correct some of his statements because he didn't know the law, which is a, a thing that happens when you shove through people to lifetime appointments of courts and they're not very familiar with information and facts. They're a little less careful because they don't have to give a fuck. But anyway, uh, the Gore team was thinking about things and were like, okay, well, there's going to be in this area, there's going to be military and military generally means pro Bush. Uh, People were talking about there being military planes flying into Panama city filled with ballots. Tell me if any of this shit sounds familiar to you. Uh, You know, that was never acknowledged. That was never proven to be fact. That was one of those things that just people were talking about on November, November 15th. uh, Mark Heron, a Gore, Gore lawyer wrote a memo, which as you know, now nothing is secret. But uh, he apparently thought it was just going to be shared among Democrats. And it was lawyer talk, talking about how to get ballots thrown out. And uh, two days later, a copy of that made its way to Bush headquarters. That's when it became, let's get military ballots thrown out. There's talking about the disenfranchisement on Meet the Press, Tim Russert, Joe Lieberman, the... A Gore VP candidate at the time who was now like fucking right wing dick just sort of through Gore and uh, Mark Heron, the guy, the, the lawyer who write the memo, wrote the memo under the bus. Lieberman still thinks he did the right thing. Things started focused down on the Miami-Dade County, which is the biggest county in Florida. There's about 650,000 votes. In that recount, uh, 614 precincts um, in that recount, the Florida Supreme Court that uh, decides hand counts must be included in the state total. And then they set a new deadline. This will come up again. Uh, the Florida Supreme Court set a new deadline of Sunday, November 26th at 5 p.m. That gave them five more days. And uh, it also said that if the Secretary of State's office was closed that day, which was a Sunday, then results could be turned in the next morning at 9 a.m. Another thing the justices had said at the time, which you think of it what you will, uh, that they said technically adhering to odd instructions on the ballot were less important then deciphering the voters' intent in the voting. That's where the hanging chads comes in. That's where uh, they're discounting and uncounting and undercounting votes. But uh, Miami thought that it was going to take until December 1st to count all of the 650,000 votes. So that's half the time. They had a press conference saying that they didn't think they could do it by hand, then they suggested doing the 10,000 uh, votes that couldn't be counted just by the machines. Then the November 22nd, there's the Brooks Brothers riot, which could be a whole other fucking thing. That was the outside the government center. A bunch of Bush lawyers went um, and chanted, you know, uh, no more gore. 
and sore loserman, you know, gore loser, uh, gore Lieberman signs, you know, sore loserman. Uh, Roger Stone says he was in charge, but uh, it was probably this guy called uh, Brad Blakeman. And uh, he, he was thinking of it as a, a fight in the courts, uh, a fight at the recount centers, and then public relations. And the Gore people just sort of at, saw it as courts and recount centers. And uh, he said, one of the things I found was he said... Why don't we do what the Democrats do? Let's do some civil disobedience. Let's have a sit-in. Let's create a ruckus. And so they they were out there. You can you can find it. You can hear the chanting. It is sad. It was really weird to see because there was almost no emotion going on in that. Uh, they had permission. Oddly, they had permission from the sheriff to go into the recount center and go up to the 19th floor where the recount was happening. If you've ever been in a protest uh, from the other side, you usually don't get that much fucking cooperation. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're pounding on the glass at the recount room saying, you know, stolen election, democracy undone. Somebody was throwing away a sample ballot, but people started yelling that somebody was stealing a ballot. So the soundbite fucking news started happening. Yeah, one one Bush lawyer said it was a sort of a holiday atmosphere, and then the right after that, strangely, the canvassing board said that they couldn't and wouldn't complete the recount. Uh, that so that was their recounting at eight a.m. and then at one p.m. In between that was the the Brooks Brothers riot, and then they couldn't and wouldn't be doing it. Uh, one, one of the board members later did say that the protesters were a factor, but I couldn't find much on any of the other people. The Republicans seemed to be picking up that Gore wasn't really fighting that much. They kind of figured that they were going to be outnumbered, but then they got away with it. So they, they did what they did. And then when the deadline came. Palm Beach County still had 5,400 more ballots to get through. A couple of the board members had taken a little bit of a vacation for Thanksgiving, uh, whatever. But that that's a thing that I found out. Um, but the Secretary of State's office was open. Uh, one of the people, one of the judges from the Canvassing service, canvassing board, did a press conference asking for the Secretary of State uh, to close her office so that they could just have the rest of the night, like the ruling said. But she said, uh, "No, we're open." So they had to stop, hand in what they had. She did the certification uh, ceremony. It had the Florida votes. At uh, 2,912,253 for Gore and 2,912,790 for Bush. So uh, 537 votes, unless my math sucked when I wrote that little bit down. The Secretary of State, Catherine Harris, thought remembers herself a little bit differently. She thinks that she... Had until Friday, and then she gave them until Sunday. And then when she gave 
uh, when then sh- she was shown uh, information about having the option to go to Monday. She said she remembers that, but also remembers it not being an option, which is a weird way to go. But anyway, so there's there's that point. Uh, Bush asked for Gore to drop it and concede and got a hold of Clinton to start the transitional plans. Uh, he said, well, now that the votes are counted, it's time for the votes to count. Jeb, Brother Jeb's lawyers, drew up papers to officially give the 25 electoral electoral college votes to George. So where that ended was... So Bush was like, okay, I won. He started uh, announcing cabinet appointments and stuff like that, uh, saying he won Florida twice. People started looking for acts of disenfranchisement which happens all the fucking time but anyway uh they they wanted to challenge it in the courts uh gore said just pick a little bit i don't want to look like a fucking crybaby so they asked for three hand recounts to be to be completed so uh, they were one of the things that i saw which was a little weird but kind of seemed like it seems like talk that you would notice from people but Two, two Gore lawyers were waiting for how the filing was going to come out. And they were talking about how it was sort of like waiting for a baby to be, a baby to be born. And uh, one of the guys said, well, it's a boy. It's got very small balls, but it's a boy. Uh, because they were calling for three hand recounts. Now, this this is when we get into the Florida State Legislature. It was lopsided as fuck. In the state Senate, it was 25 Republicans to 15 Democrats. And the state House was 77 Republicans to 43 Democrats. So if the Republicans got behind like a, you know, monosyllabic cause, they could just do whatever the fuck they wanted. And it wouldn't matter if there was any by partisan support and so one of the things that got floated was well the legislature can pick who the electoral college electors are are because when you vote right now in the electoral college versus the popular vote system you elect electors so again going back to some of the more archaic American things, appeasing slave states and small states or, you know, states with little dicks or whatever the fuck you want to say. But each state has a different number of electors. It isn't popular. Is it? It isn't proportional to population. But in 2000, and I think as it is right now, all 538, that's why if you'll see like 538 or Nate Silver 538 or whatever, but 538 electors all get together and vote for the president about a month after the election. Uh, so in 2000, it was December 18th that that date was supposed to be. And then on January 6th, the new Congress is supposed to certify the vote. And then on January 20th, that is the inauguration. And the electors for the Electoral College are supposed to be picked six days before the electoral uh, electoral college votes, which was then 
December 18th. So that's two weeks with the legislature arguing that if the Electoral College vote wasn't totally followed, then we don't get our place in the election. Which, again, I will say, why not the fucking popular vote? Because they had the vote tallies. Anyway, okay. So uh, Title Three, Chapter 1, Section 2, the U.S. Code says that a state legislature has power to intervene when the Electoral College is in jeopardy. Uh, the Democrats at that time, which they seem to be doing right now, just sort of said, well, that's bullshit. Just count all the votes. Uh, but everybody was fighting over who got to vote, who didn't get to vote, who didn't get to count, whatever. And uh, so when they filed the uh, the uh, protest against the, the ruling, they took the protest and they go and then they spin like a wheel, you know, like an app on your phone, but it was on a computer then because it was 2000. And they just pick whatever judge you get at random. And they ended up getting a judge that had already been verbal about thinking that the Florida Supreme Court favored Gore. <laughs> and he was annoyed at that. But there he goes. He gets the Bush versus Gore. Um, so the Gore lawyers were like, well, shit, we need to lose this right quick. We only have a little bit of time. Let's lose this. Let's get it to a higher court. So there were about a couple days of testimony from people testifying about statistics and voter stupidity and everything like that. On all accounts, Judge Sal's ruled against Gore. And then they already, they knew that was going to happen. So as soon as that happened, they sent the guy running who had the thing that was already filled out. And he ran down, found somebody to finally take his thing. And then that, them filing the thing made the Florida legislature say, call in an emergency session because they were going to pick the electors just in case. Uh, the the Gore team called uh, their response to this Plan X, which is what to do if the Florida legislature pish, uh, picked a bunch of Bush legislator Bush electors. So uh, again, another thing I didn't know is that technically Florida has two state capitol buildings. The new one is from 1978. And the other one had been around since the 1800s. And when the one in 1978 came about, they sort of decommissioned it, but it's still there. So the Gore plan was that uh, since you can only legally, with the Electoral College, you can only legally vote at one day in the state capitol building for the electors of the Electoral College. While the Republicans were going to be voting all 25 electoral college votes for Bush, they were going to have the same amount of electors voting for Gore in the decommission building. And they were going to file them at the same time in case it ended up in a court that it would still all be from the same day, from the same proper day. It's fucking weird and wild and whatever. But anyway... Also, with that case, the person who oversees and picks which of those electors are processed 
is the president of the Senate. And the president of the Senate is the sitting vice president who was Al fucking Gore. He, in one of his rare moments of humor, he sort of joked, you know, what if I pick the one that says that I'm the president? Will they impeach me right then or do they have to wait for the inauguration? Uh, December 7th, arguments started in the Florida Supreme Court. December 8th, the justices made the decision, uh, made the decision, and their spokesperson announced a four to three reversed the decision from earlier and ordered a manual recount. So after the Florida Supreme Court weighs in, the next spot is the Supreme Court, which we've talked about a lot on this show. Uh, hopefully, if you're new to the show, you've been talking about it before. There have been a lot of things going on with the Supreme Court. Five of the nine Supreme Court justices now have been appointed by presidents who won the Electoral College vote, but did not win the popular vote. Uh, three have been appointed in the last four years by somebody who did not win the popular vote. But at this time, uh, one of the swing vote justices was Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. She was the first woman appointed, but she was appointed by Reagan. But it was back in the time when whatever president appointed you didn't determine all of your rulings. It just sort of determined your leanings. Uh, the Supreme Court has long and most often been... Yeah, uh, moments of great change, but also a lot of conservatism and other pain in the assery. But anyway, um, you know, she she had been talking about retiring. She had been on the court for a while. I think at this point it was like 20 years. Her husband had dementia. And then, uh, you know, she had be sort of like with uh, RBG. Well, no. Well, with RBG, I think she wanted to be appointed by what she hoped was her first woman president. But with Sandra Day O'Connor, she didn't want to retire while Bill Clinton was president because she wanted a Republican to hopefully appoint her replacement, even though she was a little bit more, you know, she ruled uh, for some uh, reproductive rights and uh, other things like that. She was one of the more swing votes on the, on the Supreme Court. So uh, the Bush appealed arguing that the Florida State Court overreached its authority by changing the deadline and, quote-unquote, rewriting election law, which is a violation of Article 2 of the Constitution, Title 3, Section 4 of U.S. Federal Code. Uh, so uh, November 24th. So, okay, so that's election day was November 7th. Now we're at November 24th. The Supreme Court agreed to hear the case on December 1st. So that's almost a month later. Things that we might be seeing. Sandra Day O'Connor and Anthony Kennedy, uh, they joined the other conservatives in wanting to grant a stay on that recount as, to stop the chaos. Uh, 2.40 p.m. Saturday, December 10th, they announced a stay on the recount. Gore, you know, the typical Democrats, not going for the win, going for the image, said, please make sure that no one trashes the Supreme Court. One of the justices wrote a dissent. He said that Bush's claim of irreparable harm that might be uh, put on his win was ludicrous and that the real irreparable harm was not getting the vote count right. Uh, Antony Scalia, 
may you rot in hell, was pissed at that dissent. So he wrote a rebuttal saying that if Bush was right, counting votes with questionable legality would be the shadow of the doubt. A cloud casted, uh, cast, count first and then rule the legality, legality afterwards. As things go, the timeline is sped up. You don't have months to write your uh, reply to a Supreme Court ruling. You had a day. And the Gore team was saying, no, the court wasn't making new laws. They were interpreting them. And then the the 14th Amendment came up, which is uh, equal protection under the law, which fucking Republicans using that, fuck them. But anyway, uh, it it was a big anti-slavery protection. Uh, But they were saying that different standards set up in different counties violated the equal protection thing. So, uh, okay, so we're coming up on December 18th. There's oral arguments set for December 11th. O'Connor and Kennedy, everybody's watching them. O'Connor didn't, she wasn't very happy with how the, the canvassing boards worked. Uh, Kennedy was the one that brought up the 14th Amendment and the equal protection thing. Uh, Justice Stevens and RBG thought that, you know, just restart the votes back up again. Uh, but then Kennedy brought Breyer and Souter over to the 14th Amendment argument. And, uh, you know, Kennedy wanted to ask Florida to come up with one standard for all the votes. But Stevens didn't think that a Supreme Court should decide an election. Kennedy and O'Connor worked together trying to put together a ruling based on what bits of consensus there were. They argued that a statewide recount was a violation of equal protection. Seven of the nine justices seemed to agree on that. Uh, Breyer and Souter thought that a recount could continue with if you just establish a single standard. Uh, 10 p.m. December 12th, the day of the deadline set to pick the electors, the Supreme Court decided Bush and Gore in a 65-page decision without a summary, which they usually have, but they did say it was signed procurium, which means by the court, which is the thing that they try to pick for things that they want to just be like, this is everybody chill. This isn't a partisan thing, even though we're not supposed to be partisan anyway. This is really unpartisan court stuff uh, that they say. Um, but in the in the deciphering, uh, you know, Bush's Gore or uh, Gore's lawyer put it, you know, it was totally wrong to shoot you this way, but you're still dead. Uh, Ginsburg wrote that if there is any equal protection violation that happened, it was the disenfranchisement of African-American voters, uh, referencing uh, reports of uh, voter suppression and uh, efforts to purge felons and other roles. Look at today's Florida account that we we're talking about. Her best friend in uh, life, but not in the court, Anthony Scalia, said that her dissent was using Al Sharpton tactics, quote-unquote. So she took that part out. Uh, Justice Stevens said the identity of the loser is perfectly perfectly clear 
is the nation's confidence in the judge as an impartial guardian of the rule of law. I respectfully dissent. Uh, the court also said this doesn't set any sort of precedent. We're referring to just this specific day, the specific case. That could be some shit that's coming up soon. Uh, there's probably uh, the Trump campaign seems to be hoping for a challenge in the courts. Well, that's why Amy Barrett was rushed through in record time. Uh, so December 13th, 36 days after the election day. Gore conceded for the second and final time. And he oversaw the final count of the Electoral College. Uh, he was the third vice president in history to preside over his own their own defeat. Uh, as it ended this way, Bush had 271 votes. The magic number is 270. Bush had 271 votes. Gore had 266. Everybody thought that uh, Sandra Day O'Connor was going to retire, but she knew how fucked up that was going to look. So for what, what, however she voted, whatever, she stayed on the court for another five years. Uh, things like affirmative action, the imprisonment of people in Guantanamo Bay, a lot of consequences of the Bush presidency came up while she was still on the court. She was replaced in 2005 by court or by uh, in the court by Bush and with Alito, who is an extremely regressive fucker. And he kind of helped bash in a bunch of things that she is known for being the swing vote justice on. After a while, uh, let's see, the Miami Herald, USA Today, accounting firm, I think it was almost a year after, yeah. Uh, anyway, it was about a year later, they went back uh, to examine the count and see what would have happened if the count wasn't stopped by the Supreme Court. They looked at four different uh, ballot standards from the most lenient to extremely strict. April 2001, they came out with if they did the most strict standard of votes, Gore would have won by three votes. A uh, year after that, uh, well, not a, almost a year after that, in November 2001, the New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, uh, St. Petersburg, Petersburg Times, the Palm Beach Post, uh, I think that's it all spent a million or so dollars commissioning a nonpartisan research institute at the University of Chicago to spend almost a year going through the 175,000 undervotes or overvotes in Florida. According to that study, uh, if all of them, if all the undervotes and overvotes had been examined, by hand, the hand counts that they were doing in Florida, Gore would have won by 171 fucking votes. That was two months after 9-11, when Bush's approval rating was at 90%, uh, so nobody gave a fuck. But Well, not enough people gave a fuck, but it, I mean, it didn't matter. It was already over. But uh, Scalia 
Age just said, get over it. And the equal protection argument was just a piece of shit that everybody went along with. That's why nobody knows who smothered him with that pillow, allegedly. Yeah, that was election 2000. That gave us eight years of George W. Bush. And after that was eight years of Obama. And please fucking fuck just four years of Trump. We'll find out soon enough or we won't. If it's uh, mid-December when it's all decided, you will have heard from me by then. Yeah, uh, I'm holding off on most of the more official things because I don't know what kind of mood I'm going to be in. It's going to be dark. It's going to be weird. It's going to be manic. However everything goes. Thank you, everybody. If you still made it, yay. If, if you're here for making it to the end, uh, if it's your first time or if it's your 80-something time, uh, we got shit to do. But happy fucking Halloween. Don't forget to duck and cover. See you on the other side. Stay in the